to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Luke chapter 23, verse 43. Some of you who've heard me say this before, you would understand what I'm talking about. I know that a text without a context is a pretext. I understand that the before text and the after text makes the biggest difference when you're reading scriptures. However, in this text, I believe we all would know where we're at when we read Luke's gospel, chapter 23, verse 43, and it's going to make sense to us. And it says, and Jesus said to him, talking to the thief on the cross, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Simple and plain. Straight conversation. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. And so I want to talk today from the subject matter, it is, it's not over. Now, if, if I, I'm trying to stay grammatically correct. If, if it was just Terrence, I would say it ain't over. But grammatically correct is it's not over. And so if I go back and forth, please, School teachers, don't, 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 don't throw stones at me, okay? <laughs> it's not over. Touch somebody beside you and tell them it's not over. I thank God that his word is, 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 is clear enough to allow us all to see how messed up we are and would be without Jesus. Yes, there was a pre-existed Terrence that was on the scenes way before God's salvation came about in my life. Yes. Yeah, thank God for salvation. I got to take a moment just to thank him for salvation. I know what he brought me out of. I know what I used to do. I haven't forgotten. Amen. Somebody ought to go ahead and thank him yourself for what he brought you out of. And I understand that Some of you were raised in this. You were raised in church. One thing is for sure, we've all done something. Amen? Whether you've done it once, whether you've done it twice, whether you've done it multiple times, whether you've done it a half a time, you've done something. Truth of the matter is, we're all ex-somebodies. Did you just hear what I said? We're all ex-somebodies. Thank Jesus for his applied blood to our lives. That conjunction, excuse me, that conjunction junction, that old commercial from back in the days reminds me of a lot of old commercials back in the days. And I remember another commercial from Dr. Pepper. And I may have the words wrong, but it said he's a pepper, she's a pepper, they're a pepper, we're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? And all over this sanctified congregation, I can look out, including myself, and say I'm an ex-somebody, you're an ex-somebody, she's an ex-somebody, he's an ex-somebody. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that caught us when he did. Amen. (laughs) I don't know about you, but if I were a mathematical equation, 
I know for a fact that Terrence Ford without Christ in my life would equal hellfires. No doubt. That's theologically, scripturally constructed, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. I would be on my way to a burning hell outside. The ark of safety of salvation. Jesus coming in, saving me when he did. I don't know if you remember your spiritual birthday, but April 17th, 1994, 9.30 that night, I surrendered my life to the Lord. Jesus saved me. He began to work in me. And how many of you know from April 17th, 94 to this day, he's still working on me. Somebody need to touch yourself and say, I am a work in progress. The truth is, we must be careful when it comes to talking about what we deserve in the presence of God. I'm not talking about your self-worth. You need to know who you are in, in Christ Jesus. You need to know what his word says about you. You need to know that his word says in Psalm 139 that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You need to know that, 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 that Peter, he begins to tell us that we're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You need to know those things. You need to know that God's word said that you are the apple of his eye. You need to know that Romans 8 tells us that we're more than conquerors. By all means, I am a motivator of that. I love teaching people what the scripture says about them because there appears to be an identity crisis in the church today. And sometimes, many times, if not most of the time, our dilemma is we got to get the L out. Hear me correctly. Don't leave here saying, oh, Pastor Cust. <laughs> we got to get the L out. And when you get the L out of word, world, you're left with word. And we need more word and less world. As a matter of fact, the Bible says to be friends of this world means to be an enemy of God. Yeah, we live here. We, we work here. Excuse me. We do all of these things here, but we must understand that this world is not our home. We're just sojourning through this place. We got a home not made by the hands of man. And the Bible says we should be groaning to get there. You ever been hungry and wanted, you smell the food, but it wasn't time to eat yet, but you were hungry. My son likes to say hamgry. You were hamgry. You were just ready to eat. Amen, somebody. But I'm talking about the spiritual side of us and this feel of self-entitlement. Don't get me wrong. I believe in believers having blood bought right and access to the things of God. Jesus has purchased you. You need to know that. Jesus has purchased you. Everybody touch yourself and say, I've been bought with a price. Jesus has purchased us with his blood. But don't get too arrogant as to how you got there. The scripture says all good and perfect gifts come from above. At the end of the day, God did it. Yeah. People want to be nosy and get all up in your Kool-Aid. You need to tell them, hey, God did it. How? God did it. When? God did it. Why? I can't explain why, but God did it. Who? God did it. Somebody shout, God did it. 
I'm going to let my light so shine before man that they may see his good works in my life and glorify my father that is in heaven. Amen, somebody. That's the whole thing of salvation is letting God's glory shine forth through you. But you got to be filled first. Hallelujah. Truth of the matter is without Jesus and his vicarious atonement at Calvary, we all would be lost and deserving of hell. The Apostle Paul in Romans 7, he gives us a little snippet of some struggles in his life and he tells us that which I don't want to do, I do, and that which I want to do, I find myself not doing. I don't know what Paul was struggling with, but I do know Paul was speaking to the masses of the body of Christ and he was trying to let us see that there is a war that is between your flesh and the spirit and sometimes the flesh wins when you don't want him to win but God wants the spirit man to win more than your flesh. And you can't be too fleshy if that makes sense. Amen. You got to learn to walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit in Galatians 5 gives us the notion of walking in the air as God did in Genesis when he came in the cool of the day and said, Adam, where are you? The, the, come on, he was walking in the air. And, and when God says walk in the spirit, he says, I want you to, to live in this world, not be a part of it, but I want you to walk above it. Walk in my anointing, walk in my power, walk in what I've made you, hallelujah. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk, but Paul says, I don't want to do some stuff that I do. He lets us see a believer at a messed up place in life, but praise God, God doesn't leave you there. He would never leave us there. And Paul goes on and he lets us know in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that there has no temptation taking you that's not coming to man, but with every temptation, guess what? God will give you a way of escape. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to keep doing what you're doing. You need to touch somebody beside you and tell them to come out, come out, get out. God has given you power to come out. Hallelujah. And Paul, back at Romans 7, goes on at verse 24 and 25. And I love it because Paul in Romans 7, he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. I don't know if you've ever been at that place, but I've been at that place in my life sometimes. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I love the new, the, the, the contemporary English version Bible on this one because it gets straight to the point and it says, Jesus will deliver me. How are you going to come out? Jesus is going to deliver you. How are you going to stop? Jesus is going to stop. Come on, somebody. That's how it's going to take place. Jesus is the only one, hallelujah, that's going to be able to do it in your life. So salvation is not simply about being lost, it is equivalently equal to God's amazing grace that found us. God called us right on time. He called us before we were able to make it back to sin's home base. I don't know how many of you played hide and go seek when you were children. Hide and go seek is a mixture of a, a game of, 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 of hiding and going and seeking and then it's also a mixture of tag. Except you're not it, you're just out. 
And I don't know about the cultural differences, the way white people play hide and go seek versus black people. I don't, I don't know if there's, a, but culturally, when we played it, you know, we would put our face up against the wall and, and, and you know, we would, if you win it and, and, and you just put your face against the wall and I'd be peeking half the time trying to figure out where everybody was going. <laughs> and, and we didn't just say 5, 10, 15. I don't know what it was, Pastor, but we had a little rhythm with it. We was like 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. And if you didn't want to go that route, you just said 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, ready or not, here I come. And then you will walk around trying to catch people hiding in places and, 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 and just as you walked away, somebody was at what? Home base, safe. Safe. And then, and, and then if you were in and, 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 and you saw somebody and they saw you and you're both looking at each other and if they were faster than you, they could sprint to home base and touch home base and shout safe. Safe. And I, I used to love playing the game because, see, as long as I kept my hand on home base, I was safe. But sometimes I would take my hand off and I was like, ah, ah, safe. <laughs> safe. But in the spirit realm... While we were on our way back to sin's home base, somehow or another through his sovereignty, God put barriers around home base. Amen, somebody. And God put trials and tribulations in our lives that led us to salvation, and we repented, and guess what? I didn't want to go back to sin's home base because I found a better home base, and it is a rock, and the rock's name is Jesus Christ, and thank you, Jesus, he lifted me up out of a pit and placed my feet upon on a rock and now safe am I hallelujah glory to God it's called grace it's it's undeserved blessings it's it's when he says for God so loved the world it is it is his agape for God so agape listen it's unconditional restraints of love on your life couldn't do nothing to deserve it all you can do is accept it Repent. That's all we can do. As a matter of fact, being lost gives me a story and a testimony to tell somebody I used to ellipsis, 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 ellipsis. I used to do ellipsis, ellipsis, ellipsis. You feeling those? Come on, somebody. I used to ellipsis, 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 but God. Somebody shout, but God. But God. Hallelujah. If it had not been for God on my side, where would I be? Hallelujah. You see, I've discovered that I don't have time to look at other people and allow other people to, people's lives to define to me who God is. I, I got to get to know Jesus for myself. And based on my own personal experiences, I get to know Jesus. You get to know Jesus. They define to me who Jesus is. Songwriter, he wrote a song and I believe corporately it applies to all of the body of Christ because the songwriter said, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Yeah, Jesus is all of that. But, Pastor, based on my personal experiences, I've gone through enough to know that He's Jehovah Jireh, He is my provider. I've gone through enough to know that He's Jehovah Shalom, He's my peace. 
Come on, somebody. I've gone through enough to know that he is all that and then some. He's everything I need, when I need, how I need. Amen. He will show up on time. Hallelujah, somebody. That's who he is. But see, what the devil wants to stop us at, he wants to stop us at our hiccups in life. He wants to stop us at our mess-ups. He wants to stop us at our strongholds. He, he wants to stop us, but, but, but God's got a word for somebody in this room this, this morning. It's not over. Somebody shout, it's not over. It's not over. Encourage somebody next to you. Tell them it's not over. Touch that neighbor on the left. Touch that neighbor on the right. Tell them it, it's not over. It's not over. Yeah, it's not over. It's not over. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I never was a person that clubbed. I didn't go to clubs. I don't know if any of you went to parties and clubs and things. I, I just, that just wasn't my thing. That wasn't, that wasn't one of my, my strongholds. I, I, I couldn't stand just going to clubs. because I, I, I danced in my private room. I, I could throw down. <laughs> May not look like I could. My wife don't believe me to this day. I had a best friend, and me and my best friend, we put so many routines together, and we danced behind closed doors. We never would get on stage and do it. But, but, but you know, there was a group that came out, and, and they would put music out, and it was club music. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to talk about the music as much as I am about a thing that they did in the song because, you know, when the, it was dance music, and when the song would come on, everybody would hit the dance floor or the party floor, and they'd start dancing, and they had a good time, and then the song would seem like it came to an end. And then everybody was like, oh, man, that's it. That, that, was, that was a jam right there. And, and, and then all of a sudden, the artists on the CD would come back in the, the, the grammatical incorrect way and say, it's not over. It's not over. And then all of a sudden, the beat will drop again, and everybody go crazy and start dancing again. I want somebody in this room to know today, even though the music may have stopped, it's not over in your life yet. God's got more that he's going to pull out of you, honey. You better start getting yourself ready. You better start getting yourself in position. God is getting ready to do something amazing, something wonderful, something that, 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 that when people want, only God, only God could do it. Amen. Now, if you know the story, you know in the text today, you know that, that the Sanhedrin, the Roman guard, they've come, they've gotten Jesus, they've spit on him, they, they've smacked him, they've pulled his beard, they, 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 they've beaten him, they, they've given him the custom of that day. You know, Paul talks about sometimes, you know, 40 lashes minus one. And, and, and you know, we, we, we see these things and Jesus has gone through all of this and, and, and he's been crucified. He, he's received the, 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 the capital punishment at that time. He's been nailed to a cross. Got a thorn bush on his head. And there's Jesus in the midst of two thieves. The claim of the text is simply this. The story of salvation is a story in which God makes provision to rescue humanity from a predicament in which humanity got itself into. I read this, one theologian studied on why God became a man. The premise of his study was that sin was a crime. 
for which a sentence must be paid. It is a debt that must be reconciled. But this reality presents a dilemma for the divine, for God, because God finds himself as the righteous judge, but as a loving father at the same time. So God has got to sentence what he wants to save. So the righteous judge, he, 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 he's got to administer the law, but as a loving father, he doesn't want to kill what he loves. <laughs> you better listen to me. So, so, so he, he has to figure out a way that man who did the crime could do the time. Because only man owes the debt, so only man can pay it, but only God can satisfy God. Are you hearing me in this room today? So God can't be satisfied with what man has to offer. Mm -hmm. So what God has to figure out is a way to create someone that's man enough to owe it, but God enough to pay him. So he looks at, he looks at the angelic host to find someone to fulfill it. But he can't choose an angel because whoever fulfills this task, humanity will be eternally indebted to them. And because God is a jealous God, he's not going to have an angel getting all the credit. So he leans over to the second person of the Trinity, who is Jesus, and Jesus simply says, I got this one. I got to somebody and say, Jesus got this one. What did you do? Don't worry about it. Jesus got this one. Touch somebody else and tell them, what did you do? Tell them, don't worry about it. Jesus got this one. Jesus got this one. And so Jesus incarnates himself. It is a Greek concept called kenosis. He empties himself of divinity. John says in the beginning the word became flesh. Because when you become, you don't stop being. So he became flesh and never stopped being God at the same time. So God then performs what theologians call a hypostatic union. Okay? He takes two natures, put two natures in one person without the two natures commingling. Because if the human nature touches the divine, it won't be all human. If the divine touches the human, it won't be all divine. So he puts two natures in one person, calls him Jesus, and sends him to hang on an old rugged cross called Calvary. Somebody shout, thank you God for Calvary. So now we understand what the songwriter in Hebrews mean when he says we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with the feelings of our infirmities, but at every point was tempted just as we are, yet he was without sin. I love verse 16 because verse 16 tells somebody in this room today, let us therefore come boldly. How you, oh, you don't, no, 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 you ain't got to come all humble and feeble. No, no, no. Let us come boldly before the throne of grace and receive help in time of need, in time of trouble. Hallelujah, somebody. So, 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 so when I believe in my heart and when I confess with my mouth, Jesus, in other words, when I repent, listen to me, Jesus, he's man enough to relate, but he's God enough to get me out. 
he's man enough to know what I'm going through. But he's God enough to grab me by the hand and let me know it will not end up this way. Somebody in this room needs to know today, I don't care what your situation is, it will not end up this way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and he does all this to serve a guilty criminal. He does all of this to get us out of a predicament which we got ourselves into. We deserve it. But God, the power in the passage here is not what Jesus says. The power in the passage is who Jesus says, what Jesus says to. That's the power in the text. He extends an eternal invitation to a man that's on a cross he put himself on. Mm -hmm. He offered a way out for a man that should have stayed. And if we don't see ourselves in the text yet, that's us on the cross. Yeah, you're in the text. I'm in the text. We're all in the text. Jesus extends an eternal invitation to a man who deserves to stay on the cross. Jesus has been innocently convicted. This man deserves to be there. By his own admission in verse 41, if you read on, he says, we deserve to be here. Life did not put him there. People did not put him there. The devil did not put him there. Stop blaming everything on the devil. Amen. This man's was a cross was a consequence of a choice that he made. And there are some in this room today that are dealing with consequences that you made all by yourself. Uh-huh. You chose to go that route. Bible says before every man appears a road that appears to be pleasant, but the end of it is death. Come on. Bible says narrow is the way that leads unto life, and few there be that find it, but wide is the way that leads to destruction. Every day we wake up, we got roads that we can take. And we got to realize that I got to choose the right road, and the only way I can choose the right road is to walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and let him order my steps, because if he orders my steps, I know that every step I take is going to be a step in the right direction. It may be scary. I may not know where I'm going, but Jesus knows, and that's all that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we're in desperation, and sometimes when we're all emotional, it can have us making wrong decisions. Yeah, I got a few more minutes. I'm about done. You know, I'm single, you know, and I just, just want companionship. I, I just, just anybody, anybody are doing, you're saved and you're saying, no, 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 anybody won't do. I talk to my sister all the time, you know, she, you know, you know. I'm dating someone. Is he saved? Well, no, 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 no. If they're not saved, don't, don't fool with it. If you saved and they're not saved, then, then don't fool. That's unequally yoked. Come on, don't fool. Don't put yourself in predicaments that's going to lead you to a mess. Listen, I got to finish this. Every choice is pregnant with the potential to produce a season. And some seasons we live through is because we became comfortable with doing wrong. And now we've given birth to a season. And seasons got to complete themselves. Winter, 
spring, summer, fall. They got to complete themselves. And it's because we've become comfortable and we've given birth to the season that we want to give ourselves out of. And this man on this cross is living in a season that should have cost him his life eternally. But Jesus hanging on the cross leans over to this guilty man and says, it's not over. He says to this man this day, you will end up with me in paradise. What leaps off the text to me, church, Jesus extends an invitation to the man and he didn't even ask the man if he was guilty. I mean, we know he's Jesus. We know he's God. We know he knows. But I've learned in church that only warped, religious, pseudo, and quasi-Christians, immature Christians, want to know if you're guilty. Did you hear what I just said? They were, did you do it? Mm-hmm. They want to know what you did, how you did, what, you, what time you did it. But Jesus didn't even ask the question because at this point, it don't even matter. Jesus' blood has already been shed. Repentance has already taken place. At this point, it doesn't even matter. Amen. Jesus' blood has closed the case. Everybody look up in the air right quick. Don't look at somebody beside you because I don't want the person beside you thinking you're talking to them. But everybody just look up at the ceiling and shout this for me. Say, shut up. Jesus' blood has already closed the case. You're talking to the devil because he's the prince in the power of the air. Come on, somebody. Stop talking about what I did. I've repented and the blood has been applied to my life and I'm no longer the same again. It doesn't matter where you were. It doesn't matter who you did it with. It doesn't matter how many times you did it. It doesn't matter. The blood, the blood, somebody shout the blood. The blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Come on. I, don't, I gotta get through this. Come on. You don't know that Jesus specializes in erasing evidence. Yeah, he specializes. Remember when, when the Roman guard came to get Jesus, Peter draws sword, cuts the soldier's ear off. Jesus looking around, he picks the, the ear up and puts it back on. That later, if they came back to arrest Peter, they couldn't. Because the ear was already, see, Jesus is good at erasing evidence. Amen, somebody. Did you did you hear what I just said? He erases evidence. Will somebody in this place today praise God because he erased the evidence of your past life and who you used to be and what you used to do? Jesus has erased all the evidence. And so as I wrap this up in grammar, one of the completions of a sentence is a period. And the devil is good at whispering in the ears of believers and telling us, that's it, period. You're done. You messed up. That's it. There's no repentance. You've gone too far. Satan is good at whispering, but Jesus, he erased the evidence. And there were some people who wanted to put a period at this place in your life. Oh, well, that's it. You messed up. It's over with. And I simply stopped by high praises this morning to tell somebody God is using his divine eraser and he's erasing the period from your life and he's replacing it with a comma. Oh, y'all should be shouting on that one. God 
is erasing the period and he's placing a comma there in your life that means to be continued. That means it's not over because what comes after a comma, a comma precedes a conjunction. Conjunction, junction. We looked at it just a few moments ago. What's your function? The function of a conjunction is simple. A conjunction does not end the sentence, but a conjunction transitions you to another part of the sentence. And somebody right now should shout because the devil wanted to put a period at this juncture in your life, but touch somebody and say, it's not over. It's to be continued. God is transitioning me. God is not done with me yet. I was crazy enough to get myself into it, but he was God enough to get me out. Woo! Glory to God. And I'm not praising God because I've been good to God. I'm praising God because God has been good to me. It's not over. <laughs> I read this. I read this, Pastor. I read this, and it's not mine. I told Pastor, I said, um, you know, good, good, good pastors, they borrow information. Great pastors, they steal it. <laughs> it's a little, little, little plagiarism, you know, but, but, you know, I'm not stealing it. I'm letting you all know. Somebody sent this to me, and I read it, and I said, wow. The book of Job has 42 chapters. There are a total of 1,070 verses. Two words appear in the 1,069th verse, the book of Job. After this. <laughs> the book did not end in the feet. Stand on your feet. Job went through loss, Job went through sickness, Job went through pain, Job went through rejection. I wish I could have been one of Job's friends. I'd have said, Job, forget them jokers, it's not over, Job. God is doing something that you don't understand. God is working on you in a way that you can't even imagine. I don't know, I'm not, I hadn't heard anything, but Job, I just want you to know, it's not over. And then, and the Bible lets us know when it says at that 1069th verse, after this, it says, however, he received a double portion. And I want to encourage somebody in this room today, don't quit before you're after this. It's not over. I just feel like God is speaking the number eight over somebody. And the number eight... When we look at it spiritually, it simply means new beginnings. If this word is ministering to anybody in this room, I just want you to come to this altar and grab this anointing. It's an anointing in this room right now. It's not over. What you've gone through, it's not over. What you've endured, it's not over. Huh. What you're still walking through right now, God wants you to know it's not over. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's not over. Come on. Come on. Is there anybody in this room you need to know today? He's still working on you. You are a work in progress. God is still working on you. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. You need to touch yourself and say, after this, 
After this, after this. Ladies, come on around, come on around. Pastor's here, right? Come on. Hallelujah. It's not over. Glory to God. It's not over. Father, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you, God, for new beginnings. Thank you that it's not over, God. Thank you that you are erasing the the period and you're replacing it with a comma. God, we give you praise right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you for the reminder of your compassions and your mercies that are new every morning. We receive it right now. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.